God can push back. God can stop the sun in the sky mm-hmm. so that they can keep fighting to destroy the enemies. But when it comes to that salvation, <laughs> right? But, but he cannot. He cannot. He, he cannot. Powerless. Exactly. God can speak and things come to exist, but he cannot change my heart. All right. Thank you so much, uh, guys, for coming back to listen to our new season of Setting Our Thoughts Captive. My name is Chitiz. My name is Dejuan. And we want to welcome you back. Thank you for listening to all our previous seasons. And, and we're excited for this new season too. We got new equipment here. Dejuan's uh, got three cameras set up here. So it looks looks a lot more, I don't know, it looks a lot more real now, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> it looks a lot more professional. Almost like I came here and I was a little nervous here. Because this, this looks a bit more official. But uh, new season, uh, new equipments, new... Uh, episodes and new topics and so we are excited for all the all the things that we're going to be talking about this new season uh, in 2024 uh, the first topic that we are going to talk about is a topic that is i don't know hotly contested or debated among christianity and and depends on where you fall into it uh, you will have your own view of of this topic and I, I think it's a very important topic in Christian theology. It is, uh, it 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 actually grasping this topic one way or the other will shape your theology. You mm-hmm. know, and and so what what where you line in in this topic will shape your theology. And so yes, so without delay, let's 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 uh, introduce our topic today. Today we want to talk about sovereignty of God. In Christian life, and so we're going to talk about sovereignty of God. So, let's let's start with the quick definition. Yeah, yeah. And before you tune us out, like you know, before you tune us <laughs> out, like ah, oh, here we go again with this stuff. Sovereignty of God. I don't want to hear that. Yeah. Um, you know, just you know, just chill. Yes. Yeah. Just, just chill. Just give us a listen. Yeah. Just, just okay. You know. And if you if you like. If you're listening to us by God's grace in his sovereign plan you're listening to us. So <laughs> yeah, just, just give it give it a whole listen now. You're all you made it this far. But anyhow, right? Uh so God is sovereign. Uh a lot of people say it. A lot of people have various ways they define it. A lot of people have various magnitude on how much God is sovereign, uh, the way the way they the way they define it or the way they believe about it. And so so we want to we want to address that with the scripture. Uh so yes, yeah, let's uh, let's begin with a simple definition of what does it mean when someone says sovereignty of God. So what what's your quick thought? Uh God has all power. Mm. Um, all authority. Yeah, he's in control. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think the quick thought, one line, it comes to my mind is like God is in control. Yeah, right. God is in control of everything, mm-hmm. right? From every event that happens to every thought that comes, like nothing happens without His control. Doesn't mean that He is causing all of it, right? You there said every thought that comes. Yeah, even every thought from every event to every every event that takes place after that event god is in control what do you mean every thought what i mean to say individual what i mean to say is nothing happens without god allowing it okay yeah 
Like even the things that we think. Even the things that we think. Oh. Yeah. Even the things that we think. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> not even a, not even a single molecular thing to a macro thing, the largest galaxy thing. Nothing nothing happens without God allowing it. Doesn't mean that God is causing those things. Right, so there's okay. a difference. I'm not saying that God is causing all those thoughts to come in our mind, like in you know, all the sinful thoughts. God is not causing any of it. Okay. But nothing happens without God allowing it, is what I'm trying to say. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because He's in control, because yes. He has authority, right? Like, um, I guess a, a different way to to play or to give you an example would be like. Uh, my child has the thought to open the refrigerator and take out a piece of salami. And as the parent, I will allow it. Yeah. Right. So the thought came in their mind for them to be able to carry that thought out and move forward with it. Mm-hmm. I either allow it or I don't allow it. Yeah. Is that kind of what you mean? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And even more deeper than that, even that thought would not come there if God didn't want that thought to come to your mind. You know what I'm saying? That's why, like, every thought, even that, like, that's how sovereign, that's how in control and in power he is, that, that if you wanted to hinder that thought to come to your mind, he would have. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Like, even, even, <laughs> and I okay. know we're getting a lot deeper right away, but, but, you know, God's sovereign means that he has, and, and I read this in one of the authors, he says, he has the power, wisdom, and authority to do anything he chooses within his creation. And he does that according to his own purpose. Within his creation. Yes. Okay. And okay. Because he's all-powerful. He's all-knowing, right? And and he sees everything. He's, without, he's timeless. So the first, the, I, I think the first thing, when you, when you phrase it that way, I think the first initial thought people are going to have is like, okay, then we're robots. Right. Right. And that's where that's what I wanted to address too. Uh-huh. Was like God uh, is in control does not mean that he's beating and then he's like, you know, screaming and he is I don't know, mechanically placing us here and there. Uh-huh. Right? The way we function, the way our will functions in a way alongside with God's sovereignty is that we God changes our heart in such a manner that we joyfully willingly do according to the purpose of God according to the will of God if that okay. makes sense you okay. know what I'm saying so it's okay. so yeah I think we're jumping a little we're ahead, jumping right? we're jumping we're yes jumping a little ahead. okay yeah. so but that's what that's that God is in control God right? is in that's, control that's the sovereignty of God yeah. that's sovereignty right yeah okay so God is in control um over everything. Over everything. Because here's the thing, right? Because I feel like for a lot of Christians, like, you know, we, 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 have a, we have a tendency, if I say, you know, God is in control over all the creation, I don't think it will, it will spark on, uh, something skeptic in their mind. But when I say God is in control over us humans, that's when it will start spark a skeptic mind. And that's the, yeah. that's the whole issue. That's the whole issue are the reason for the discussion, discussion in the first yeah. place, right? Exactly, because because I, th- I think I don't think anyone would have issue if I say God is in control over the animals, yeah, or the plants, yeah, over the creation, yeah. But when the, wind, we say the God, winds obey Him, right? But not us. But not us. Uh, but like 
God is in control over me? Oh, that's a problem now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's why that's why I want to mention we had to we had to be clear that you know God is in control over everything. All right. So that's actually that's actually that's actually a fascinating point because you know, I think this kind of reveals a little bit of our arrogance, right? Because yeah. God is in control over creation mm-hmm. as it relates to uh the earth or um you know this this the stars mm-hmm. the sky uh the mountains the the wind he's over the animals the animals of the sea mm-hmm. the you know like we see we saw how when noah created the ark yeah. and all the animals the in in pairs came into yeah. the ark that was god doing yeah. that right absolutely and we receive that we understand yeah. that we even understand that with the angels. Yeah. God is in control of the angels, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and that, you know, when it comes to us, though, like... Then mm. then we start to be skeptic, like, oh, is he? Is he, though? And I think, I, I, like, to, to play the devil's advocate, uh, one of the main explanations or i would say reasoning i've seen of people who are skeptic about like is god sovereign over my life mm-hmm. is is that you know oh because god created us this way mm. he created us with free wills and he created us with uh ability to choose and all that and and i would say yes and no in a sense uh yes in a sense that yes god created us with ability to choose but god also created animals with ability is not in the same level as us mm-hmm. right uh, a tiger if you give him a pizza a cheese pizza like your kids would like mm-hmm. and a steak a tiger knows better to choose a steak mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and so he might not a tiger might not be in the same level of of consciousness like we are but the tigers also choose and so if god is yeah, but that's in them. their nature, right? Like, like, that's in their nature. Yeah, naturally, exactly. they're going to choose that, right? You know, so and you could argue, you could you could argue like it's not even a matter of a choice for 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 the tiger. The tiger is not going to choose pizza because naturally, they've been wired to choose this other thing. So, is it really a choice on their part, or is it just that's what they've been bred to do? I think that is what choice is, though, right? What you're naturally wired to, you choose one thing over the other. But in a sense, even if that doesn't work, I mean, I just I mean, but I just made that I just made that example. You say say it from the aspect of a sense of like free will. Yeah, I would say like I would, and I I don't necessarily disagree. I'm just you know saying that. But I think going along with that example in in terms of animals would be like hunting, right? Uh, Have you ever seen those those uh, wildlife videos where they they're hunting a herd or whatever? Mm -hmm. And it's not working out, and they yeah. just give up, yeah. <laughs> right? Like yeah. they make the choice. Oh, you mean the animals, yeah. Yeah, they make mm-hmm. the choice to stop. Yeah. trying to hunt this oh, animal, yeah. it's not working out. Yeah, you know, so like they're hungry, they haven't ate in days, they're tired. Ah, next yeah. time, you know. Yeah, versus- so there's some level of of that 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 you want to call it free will. That's fine. Okay, even among them, right? Okay. And 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 there's in us too. Mm-hmm. And 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 what I mean to say is that yes, and I don't know exactly how both of those work together in harmony, mm-hmm. because we can't comprehend yeah. how 
powerful God is and how in control he is fully, right? Sure. But I do know that even our will, even when we exercise our free will, mm-hmm. nothing happens without God allowing it or everything eventual everything is working towards his plan mm. and that's why he's in control mm-hmm. and so nothing happens that god's like oh man i i didn't see that happening mm. and oh man this caught me to by surprise you know what i'm saying nothing mm-hmm. that we do in our free will is going to catch him by surprising by god it's working according to the plan that's what he will be like it's mm. working according to the plan and that's why he is in control and so even when so, so what I mean to say is he works in our hearts. He works in, and in, in, not only in believers, sometimes even in unbelievers, we can look at the Pharaoh's mm-hmm. life in that sense, right? So he works in our heart in such a way that, that even our, even us exercising our free will per se, or, or us daily choosing one thing over another is working according to his plan. And that's how powerful and sovereign god is yeah our free yeah. our choices don't override the plan don't override exactly yeah. exactly okay. so okay so yes uh so so yeah that is what it means to say that god is sovereign and 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 like we touched about it too right you know we we have we have a hard time understanding is god sovereign over us or not and and the answer is god is sovereign over us too right and so so <laughs> Why? Why are you laughing? Uh, what do you want to add to that? Uh, you're just stepping on. We stepping on toes already. Yeah, we're stepping on toes. We're like, ste- what do you mean? I mean, some people are don't won't like what we're saying already. Yeah, already, bro. Yeah, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was like, I, what are you suggesting then? But no, no the okay. thing is, yeah, and the thing is, you know, you may you may not like what we're saying, but but and and I don't say like you have to just agree with us point blank but i would say don't just disagree with us point blank too you know so let's yeah. let's reason look at the scripture let's reason with the scripture and and you know let's 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 talk about it. we're not saying that god does not offer human choices i'm not saying that either you know we do have choice every single day but none of our choice is going to override like i think you put it very well override god's sovereignty that's what mm-hmm. we're saying and if nothing is going to override God's sovereignty, then God is even sovereign over our choice too. Because even our choices are working towards his sovereign plan, whatever mm-hmm. that is. And then we know what that is in, in, a, in a broader sense, right? All of it is leading us towards, at least for us believers, making us more like Christ and, and, and towards the coming of Christ, mm. right? That's where history is headed. Our future is headed. So, and so yeah. So, so how is this thing... So how does this thing work in terms of salvation then? Right. And so so that is where I think a lot of skipped so so you know we go from yes we understand God is sovereign. Yes we understand God is sovereign over animals. We're skeptic is God sovereign over us and then I think even more skeptic is God sovereign over our salvation. Right? And so what does it mean that God is sovereign? over our salvation i'd go back to that same definition that i gave earlier that god is sovereign essentially means that he has the power wisdom and authority to do anything he chooses within his creation which also means salvation of people right and so god is in control over salvation of people not so us. so so People don't choose God. 
in yes in a simple sense <laughs> yes absolutely right so so and i want to word it in a, in a in a in a manner that that because you know i i feel like when we directly say people don't choose god i think that would just throws people off i would say yes we have the responsibility to put our faith in god okay but we won't do that until and unless god chooses us mhm and that's why i meant like when i said god is god has the power wisdom and authority to do anything he chooses within his creation including salvation of people which means that god has the power and authority to decide or choose who's going to be saved and who's not going to be saved that is what it means that god is sovereign mm. over our salvation right and 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 that's something that is hard to grasp but I think it all goes back to understanding who God is and who we are. Well, I mean, if we look at scripture, yeah. If we look at scripture, the the vast majority that we see in scripture, uh do we see people choosing God or people going after God or is it the opposite? Mm. Yeah. You know From what I mean? the beginning, so, right? so like for example, like what what was Abraham doing? Yeah, he was like, worshiping idols. He it was just like out of nowhere. Yeah, out of nowhere, God called him. Absolutely. I mean, even before that, Adam and Eve. Once they sinned, it wasn't Adam and Eve who found God. God came to the garden mm-hmm. looking for them. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm so you see an example of that. They were hiding from God. Well, they, they they chose they What's that? They, 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 they chose <laughs> to hide yeah exactly yeah, they chose to hide uh from god but no and, and you know we see and and the reason why and and we let's let's understand why cannot let's let's start there and then i think we'll go to god okay. let's start with why cannot humans choose god and why can't we choose god and let's begin there right so why why like we we address that yes god does give us choices and and we do have choices we do have the ability to choose but why won't we choose god uh he's i mean we won't we won't choose god because we prefer our, our sin um yeah because we are sinners yeah. and as sinners we are blinded spiritually dead not without the ability to understand but at the same time we're so much in our sin slave to our sin that we don't want to understand yeah. right and so so that is why we don't choose we are like we not only we don't choose god right? but i think i think we, in our slavery of sin when we're spiritually dead we are unable to choose god yeah i mean we're, we're 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 um like Romans says, no one seeks after God. No one is righteous, right? Like no one understands. Yeah, we are the the sin that we are slaves to, that we are bound by. That is our choice. That is our choice. That's yeah. what we constantly are bit to choosing. Yeah, that's what we desire, right? Like uh, even in Romans, it says the carnal mind is an enmity against God or the enemy of God. It it cannot be subjected to God. The thing, the things of God, we are naturally rebellious against, and 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 obviously we can go deeper into um, why why we need a savior, right? Mm-hmm. Like 
Like this is this speaks to the reason why we can't save our save ourselves. Like we don't have the ability to earn the favor of God. Obviously, sin once once we are marked with sin, we're just completely tarnished. We're not clean, uh, but that is our natural bend. And and when you talk about being blind, being in darkness, like John three talks about how uh, they loved the darkness rather than the light. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we as Christians, um, I think a lot of times we may not admit that we loved our sin Mm -hmm. or even there are some sins in our life that we're struggling with, that we are wrestling with that hopefully we hate. Right. Right. But let's be honest. There's some, there's some times when we, yeah, we love it, it, justify it. Our flesh starts right. And we love that sin. So. Um, but that's the thing. We love the sin, which is contrary to, to God. Right. right. And contrary so, to righteousness. So, and that, that affects our ability to choose. Right? That affects our ability to choose God. Yeah. And, and you know, like, uh, like I want to present 1 Corinthians 2.14 is, is a classic verse to, to understand this. It's also, it talks about the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, mm-hmm. for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Yeah. Right? And so a so natural person mm-hmm. born under sin, slave of sin, spiritually dead, will not accept the things of the spirit because they are folly to him. Like it's not like they're 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 they understand it and they're choosing differently. They are not even able to understand it. They which, don't want to understand which it. Which is which is I think contrary to what most of us in the church have um have really been taught. Mm. I think uh especially in in America We've been taught you have to make a choice. Mm. You have to choose God. And when we look at these certain verses within Scripture, it's actually kind of contrary what we to what we say. But I think I think the I think the the piece that's missing is um, one because we don't necessarily understand this sovereignty of God aspect. Mm-hmm. Like most of us, when we come to salvation we really don't know i guess you if you could call it this the behind the scenes work that god is doing to make our heart mm-hmm. and make our um um make our hearts soft mm-hmm. to the things of god that uh that regeneration aspect that's happening we mm-hmm. don't really understand that we just think okay i heard the gospel message and god wasn't involved in that i just heard the gospel message and then it just clicked. Yeah. And I chose God that day. Yeah. Yep. And and the the thing is, yes, and, and you know, this I, I think we dabble between that and, and, and we tend to make it look like, you know, God has done all his part mm-hmm. and now it's up to you. Right? That's what we think about when you, a lot of times it's, it's presented to us in salvation, like God has done all this, 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 this. Now it's up to you. Mm. You can choose. Mm-hmm. And and when you read the scriptures, like not only you won't choose, but you're unable to choose, mm. right? And so so what? So how can anyone be saved at this point? Right? Yeah. Leave it to that. Like it's almost like I always give this example, right? So if someone is drowning, that does not know how to swim, and it's in the bottom of the of, of the of the pool, 
and you're just send throwing a life what do you call what do you call life tube lifeline or lifeline you're throwing a lifeline on the on the top of the pool mm-hmm. and you're waiting for them to grab it mm. well the person is dead on the bottom of the pool right <laughs> they cannot swim he cannot get to the top of the pool mm-hmm. so how is that how is that person going to get saved mm-hmm. and that's what it means when it says that you know god has done all his part we're going to share the gospel now it's up to you to choose mm-hmm. right and now i understand why uh, many do that and when i call i plead for people to come repent of their sins and and put their trust in jesus christ every week mm-hmm. right but when i'm doing that i'm also doing that that with the understanding that none will repent unless god reveals himself to them right and we right? don't know who, who when we make that exact call to right where god has those people right calling to goes to everyone right yeah. we call everyone er- everywhere yeah. to repent because you know it is god's desire that none should perish mm-hmm. right and so we call everyone to repent but but at the same time i also know that none will repent unless god has opened himself. their eyes opens yeah. their eyes yeah, yeah. opens their heart yeah. right grants them repentance and faith and and that's the same thing like you know in the same in second corinthians that same chapter uh, a few verses above uh, listen to this in verse 11 and 12 it talks about for who knows a person's thought except the spirit of that person which is in him. Mm-hmm. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. So mm-hmm. so no one can understand things of God unless except for the spirit of God. Mm-hmm. Basically what this verse is saying. But look at verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit who is from God that we might understand things freely given us by God. Mm-hmm. And so in the sense that this this like what you talked about opening our eyes and opening our heart to the truth. This is the work of Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Right, so so even Jesus tells in John that you know the the Holy Spirit is going to come and convict the world of their sin, mm. right? And when we are convicted of the sin, when we're exposed of our sin, we are we are able to see how great of a sinner we are and how much in need of a savior we are, mm-hmm. right? And that's when God reveals Himself to us as as Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So when you say that though, like Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will come and convict the world of their sin. So is does that mean everyone in the world? No, many in the world. Let's oh, okay. <laughs> say many in the world, right? And that's why the Bible oftentimes uses the world as, like, for the Jews, the world was the Gentile world, mm-hmm. uh, or, or for, for, like, for example, when I say the world today, like, uh, many, like, when I say the world uh, worships Christ today, let's just say that. Okay. If I use that term, I'm not saying the whole world. I'm saying like people from various nations in the world right mm-hmm. every corner of the world worships christ today okay. so I, th- I think that's what that's what it means it's like there will be people from many nations in every corner of the world that 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 god will grant repentance to that 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 holy spirit will convict their sin okay and so so yes and so until and unless holy spirit does that one is not going to be able to 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 repent or won't repent and put their faith right and we know that famous conversation that jesus had with uh nicodemus Mm. right unless one is born again yeah right unless one is born again and even in that famous conversation we see god's sovereignty and display uh i have to find the exact verse let's see (laughs) yeah in verse 7 do not marvel that i say to you you must be born again the b- wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
I'm not I've not even gone to Romans 9 this yeah. whole time you know what I'm saying we haven't even gone to Romans 9 yeah right. you know I think I think the other thing to that is you know when we think about this whole thing in terms of salvation it's like it's so funny to me because we will admit like it was God who brought us to that church it was God who allowed us yes. to hear that message it was God who who spoke to me that mm-hmm. day da 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 but then as soon as i guess the the point of the light flicking on or the light switching we are the ones who kind of turn we it on we have to turn the light on so yep. it's like we we emit god's work mm-hmm. all the way up into that point mm-hmm. and then from that point on we take over absolutely as if god is not he's just in a sense uh leading the horse to the water right but can't make them but drink. can't make and, and, and you're thing, arguing that he can yes i'm he arguing that he he, he he can <laughs> and and only when he does that is someone will come to faith is what yeah. i'm saying arguing you know what i'm saying and yeah. and that's where that's where i think we can we can play around a little bit because i think a lot of people so there are people that will be like oh it's all up to us right mm-hmm. that's one group there's also another group that's somewhere in the middle yeah that's like you know what yes god does open our hearts god does open our eyes and then the choice is yours yeah you know what i'm saying like so he's done like it's almost like so there is one people that like you know god has done everything on the cross and now its choice is yours right mm-hmm. that's like saying that you know god has done everything and then and then you're drowning in the pool but catch the life vest mm. you can't do that You know and I'm saying like when someone is drowning you have to jump in the pool and grab them. Mm. Right? That's what God does when I when I say like you yeah. know God God is sovereign over our salvation. But then there are some people that like you know what God opens our eyes and then God opens our heart, but then now it's up to you. Yeah. Which means that it's up to you also have the ability at that moment to reject God mm. or to accept him. Mm. Right? And that's where I think is a little it's, it's somewhere in the middle ground. Uh, that that people are and I, i i don't i i was there so i can understand their sense you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying uh but i don't agree with it anymore because when i look at the scripture i look at it as like you know god's work for salvation is so effective that whom he died for he will save them mm. and he's the one who will save them You know what I'm saying? And so 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 and and it doesn't mean that you know we are robotic and like you know we are forced to be get saved. No, though he changes our heart in such a way that we willingly joyfully repent of our sins and and put our trust and faith in him. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And 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 uh that's where like the, the biblical term is called effectual calling. Right? When God calls you, we will follow. We will go. Mm. And okay. So that that I mean we we could talk a little bit more on that. I I I like but, you know, when I, yeah. But just you know, I think I think cuz um I don't know. I think that's I think that's pretty clear. That right? is I I have to read John 6 here. Okay. Or else I would be doing injustice to this. <laughs> okay. I have to read John 6 here and and John 6 chapter 37 chapter 6 verse 37. Listen to this. And this is what I mean when I say like you know God is not just like changing your heart and waiting for you to respond. Mm. But God is making sure that those whose heart he changes will respond. Right? And that's why verse 37 comes to me. All that the Father gives me will come to me. Right? All that the Father gives me 
has a choice to come to me or not that's that's not the wording will come to me and whoever comes to me i will never cast out mm-hmm. for i have come down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of him who sent me and this is the will of him who sent me that is sh- that i should lose nothing of all that he has given me but raise <coughs> it up on the last day right so there, there's there's again the limited atonement that you know Jesus died for those that Father has given to him as an as a, as a offering, love gift, right? And those that God has given to Jesus will come to me. And, and this is not to be like, you know, this is not to make us rile up in, in a different direction. This is for our comfort. Mm. This is such a comforting verse. And for this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life, and I will raise Him up on the last day. Now, the medium through which God accomplishes this is through faith, right? By us believing in Him. That's the channel. That's the instrument. And, and, and so, so but, the, but the general idea is that those that God wants to save, He will save them. And... He won't save them forcefully. Nobody, none of us were forced to get saved, right? None of us were forced to obey or, or repent of our sins and put our faith in Jesus Christ. That's not what Christianity teaches. But the way God works, a sovereign, all-powerful, all-knowing God works, is that He, he through the gospel, through the means of the gospel, He changes our heart in such a way that we will repent and put our faith. And that's why all that, all that Father gives to Christ will come to Him. And that's why I think that His grace is irresistible. Mm. You know, when He comes and opens your eyes, it's almost like, you know, I always give this example. Like, we, we are, if, if we are pigs and we have, a, we have a choice between pizza and we have a choice between pizza and, and, and filth, we'll choose filth probably. You know what I'm saying? And, and the way... No, we wouldn't. <laughs> a pig... A pig will choose filth and pizza. Filth over pizza. We, we can we can do a we can do a experiment here. I will eat the filth right. and the filth pizza. And, <laughs> right. Well, while I'm I in the filth. While I'm in the filth. <laughs> while I'm in the filth. No, no, but but the way salvation works is God changes us in such a manner we become a human after from the uh, from pigs, and now when we see it, obviously we're gonna choose pizza. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and so that's how He changes us. That's how. That's what. That's what new born again means and so i i think i think also clear difference before we move on we have to make like no a lot of times people think those that think that it's up to us it's our choice think that we put our faith and then we are born again yeah right yeah whereas i believe that we are born again and as a result of that we put faith okay 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 yeah i'm saying and so so until unless we're born again we won't put our faith yeah but those that believe that you know we have a choice we need to have a choice they believe that we have to have faith first and then we are born again believers whereas i believe that born again is is a supernatural work of god like like john chapter 3 talks about the spirit born of the spirit right and so it's a supernatural, just like, you know, even when I was reading Matthew in, 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 in the Advent season, like even how Christ was born of the Spirit. You know, there we see a similarity there. We are also born, we are also to be born of the Spirit, and it is the work of the Spirit, not our choice, that, that makes us born again. And we can, it's very consistent with the whole scripture, because in Ezekiel chapter 36, if you look at that, that's, uh, I think for me, one of the glorious chapters where I understood the, Sovereignty of God in salvation is Ezekiel 36. I'm going to read this real quick. Uh, that one. Uh, so look at this. 
right? God, you know, and it's not that God did not allow for men to have their choices and have it their own way. I mean, throughout the history, he has done that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and he's shown, he's revealed, it has revealed to us how we felt. Mm-hmm. That we cannot earn our salvation, we cannot earn righteousness, and neither will we choose God by ourselves too, right? So after all that, all that happens, what does God say in Ezekiel 36 verse 22? Therefore say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord, it is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I'm about to act, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. All right, so this is, this is him saying like it's for my own glory. Verse 23, and I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, which you have profaned among them. And the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God, when through you, I vindicate my holiness before their eyes. Verse 24, I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. Now, again, no way here is talking about like, I will give you the choice. Like I will, I'll present this to you and you have to do this. No, it's all I, I, I. Verse 25, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness and from all your idols, I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit and I will put within you and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules i mean like if this does not scream the sovereignty of god i don't know what does mm. you know what i'm saying if it does not does scream that god is in absolute control of our salvation then i don't know what does there's no us in this verses it is all him yeah yeah i mean you know i think you know even going back to you didn't read this verse but in john 6 44 right no one can come to me unless the father who sent mm-hmm. me draws Draws them right and so it's you know again it's indicating that this thing is not going to happen salvation is not going to happen uh being born again is not going to be is not going to happen unless god does it Mm -hmm. you know and you know i you know it, it makes sense in my mind to reject it because it's scary yeah it's a scary thought yeah it you is. know, so okay, so salvation. What about Christian life? Like, right. What does this look like? Right. And, 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 and yes, what does that look like? So before we, actually, yes, we can we can go to that and then I we'll, mean, come that to, we'll come back to we'll come back. The reason why it says like you know yes, so God is sovereign in 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 uh, who gets saved and who doesn't get saved, and how does God do that? Hmm. And so what is the reasoning behind it? And that's that that's I think that that probably the natural. It's a Flow G word. Of question, what's that? It's a G word. G word. Say the say the G word. Glory. Glory for His glory. Yep, for His glory. And and the, any other reason? I, like and we like how how does God choose anyone who's like who's not? That's not up to me to understand or know anyway. Yeah. It's all for His glory, and He can do. Like I said again, going back to the definition of of sovereignty. Do we believe that God has the authority and ability and the power and wisdom to do whatever he wants with his creation? Vessels of honor. Right. Vessels, Vessels of, of wrath. wrath. He has, I mean, he can have mercy upon whoever he wants to have mercy, right? The thing is, I, th- I think this is where uh, people get people get hard time understanding sovereignties because they were like, automatically if someone is not saved, then they're like, oh, how can a loving God punish are 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 sent people to hell without even giving them a chance. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. is that is automatic flow. Now that comes with the mindset that God punishing them is unfair. Mm. You know, that comes with that mindset that we have in our mind that God punishing them is unfair. Mm. Remember that 
God is not injustice to punish anyone. Yeah. That is actually justice. Yeah. Right? That is what is fair. Yeah. Right? And so so when God shows mercy upon whoever he wants to have mercy, that is that is that is grace. Yeah. Right? That is not what we are entitled to. Yeah. Right? That is his love, his mercy. Yeah, we're all entitled to right? destruction. God is not unloving unloving to punish anyone that's what i'm i'm going to say well but we're all entitled to destruction exactly like because we've all sinned sinned like we all deserve destruction exactly and nothing else yeah and the fact that we don't get destroyed the moment we sin is in some level his love and his mercy upon us yeah right but that doesn't mean that we're not entitled to justice no Right, and so so God is not unloving you to know provide justice. You know what's even interesting about that too? Like you know the parable where um, Jesus is talking about Lazarus and the rich ruler or the rich man, right? Who who's in hell? The the and he wants to warn. He first His he wants Lazarus hell. to come and bring him something yeah. to drink. I'm thirsty, right. right? Right. But then he's like, allow allow my brothers to be warned, right? And he's like, nah, nah. No. But the interesting, the interesting thing about that is, the man that's there in hell, he never pleads, or, or he never conveys the idea that this, that I don't deserve what I'm getting. Mm, that's right. That's a good observation. Yeah, he never says that. Like, no. it, it's not fair that I'm here. Yeah. He's just, I want to warn them, but it, like, he doesn't contest the fact mm. that. I'm here because I deserve to be um, here. That's right. That's right. And and that is that is very right. You know, I'm and the great uh uh teacher of our time, Arsis Sproul, he always he always, he's he helped me think through in the most simplest manner. He's like, you know, God has justice on many. He does not have he has mercy on some, right? He does not have injustice on anyone. Mm. And that, when we understand that, I, I think I think it will be easy for us to grasp that. You know, why would a loving God send anyone to hell? Well, like, it's not it's not that that it's not that sending anyone or or, or or God pouring His wrath on anyone is unloving or unrighteous in that manner. It is it is a fair justice mm. is what it is. Mm-hmm. Now it is it is God's greater love for some. And and I don't know what the, what's the criteria for that. It's his sovereign plan. It's his sovereign will. But God's greater love for some is that he has chooses to have mercy upon them. Mm. And then that's that is the pe- group of people that Jesus came to die, right? So the elect is what we call it. The chosen ones are the saints, believers, whatever we want to call it. Now the automatic question goes like, who are the elect? Who are not? We don't know, yeah. right? That's why we go and share the gospel to everyone. And when I share the gospel with everyone, I I I go with the mindset that I hope that this person is like I I don't even think about if the person is elect or not, right? I offer the gospel to the world, hmm. and we leave the rest to the one who does the job of saving, mm-hmm. right? And so so said that I'm gonna transition to our next point, and and this is where I I think I think that one. I know you've done a lot of study on this, so help us in this. <laughs> no, but think about this: When did God? When did God decide to choose who is going to save or who is not going to save? Well, before they even existed. Well, before the things even exist, before the foundation of the earth. Yeah. Let's let's transition there. Okay. Right. So, uh, where what can we study from this? Where what verse are we gonna look at for that? Uh, I mean, we could look at Jeremiah. 
Uh, we can look at Psalm 22. Ooh, Psalm uh, 22. I've never. Let's look at Psalm 22, and then I'm I'm sure you're gonna take us to Ephesians at some point. We have to go to <laughs> Ephesians, don't we? <laughs> I wasn't even planning to go to Ephesians. Ephesians. I mean, it's it's so funny that we haven't gone to Romans nine and Ephesians, which are the two places that a lot of people go to in understanding mm-hmm. the sovereignty of God. But we, I wanted to look at various other passages because the whole scripture is about this. Yeah. But yeah, yeah Psalm twenty-two. Which one is verse verse nine and ten? Verse nine and ten. Ooh. Uh, it says, "Yet you are He." Who took me from the womb? You made me trust you, at my at my mother's breast. On you was I cast from my birth, and from my mother's womb you have been my God. Mm. Wow! Let, just let that marinate. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And obviously, we see the implication here that God was already at work, already at work mm-hmm. before. You know, before he was even a man, before, you know, like we talk about the um, the age of accountability, right? The age of accountability, the, the age where God will then punish you or not punish you if you choose or don't choose him, mm-hmm. right? The age of accountability. But, but we see here, the writer of this psalm says, you are he who took me from the womb. He yeah. was God, like God chose him before mm-hmm. the womb. Look, let's look another, at, at the other one, Jeremiah 1, 5. Um, It says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. Mm. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Obviously, he's talking to who he's talking to. But still, the 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 idea of God knowing him before he gets to this point where he's like, I can't even go to the nation. Right. I don't. I can't even talk. He's saying, I already knew you. I already appointed you to yeah. this. Like, this is what th- these are the these are the verses that we we see right and 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 I think like it's so like one of the things that we do again we kind of detach ourselves from the scripture. Mm. And we detach ourselves from seeing the sovereign work of God where he leads his people, where he chooses people, where when it comes to David, when it comes to Abraham, when it comes to all of like it's like we kind of detach Even the nation from that. of Israel. Yeah. We we just yeah. like I don't want to call it theologically, but it is like a theological detachment of how God works in terms of salvation and yeah. and and drawing people to Himself and just say like, "Oh, I just heard a gospel message one day and I chose." But by and large, when we look at Scripture, we have these verses where it just shows that God is clearly mm-hmm. at work before you even hear right. the gospel, absolutely before you even take your first step. Right, and that's why that's why. It, like make it make sense when someone hears the gospel for a hundred times and that hundred and one time it just clicks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like what happened the previous hundred times? Cause if you heard the same gospel message, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, the, the reason is because God in his sovereign plan, in his sovereign time yeah. has even before the foundation of earth has chosen and ordained who's going to get saved, how we're going to get saved, when we're going to save, get saved, Mm. and what our life is going to be after we get saved. 
Yeah. That is that is how powerful, authoritative, and in control God is, mm. right? And and like you know, let's let's go to the main. I don't know. No, I won't say the main, but let's go to a very important passage in in Ephesians. Okay. Right. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. Before and and that's that's the point that you were highlighting earlier. Even before we had, I mean, any opportunity to choose. I mean, this is before the foundation of the world. We were not even created. Let's let's be honest. That's before how my, before my timeless. mom was created. Exactly. Yeah. That's how timeless God is, right? Even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him, in love, in love. Now here comes the heavy hitter. Did one? He predestined us. For adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will. Now, here's the thing. How does what is the criteria, and who God chooses, who God doesn't choose, according to the purpose of His will? Mm. Now, that's not I not according to my purpose, not according to my criteria. It's according to His purpose, according to His will, right? To the praise of the His glorious grace, which you were talking about, for His glory. Which which he has blessed us in the beloved. Now let's let's we opened or we introduced a new word that many may not understand or may not have an idea of, and the word is he predestined us, right? Mm. So so we established that in God's sovereignty he chose us even before the foundation of the earth, before even our parents were created. He chose us. And those whom he chose in love, he predestined us. Let's address it. What does predestined mean in the Bible? Uh, what does predestination mean? No, I'm going to let you say it. I'm going to let people get mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> I read the scripture. Oh, if you're mad at me with the reading, I literally just read Ephesians. I didn't explain anything. I didn't do anything. I just read yeah, verse by verse. You, you want know, me to it's take funny the because uh, last week, and I don't, I don't know every context of it, but someone just posted scripture. Uh-huh. In Twitter, mm-hmm. and he didn't write verse, he didn't write chapter. And people were just mad after that. Really? <laughs> and it was just funny. And then the guy's like, "Guys, I literally just copied and pasted scripture here." Mm-hmm. But he didn't write the, he didn't give the references or anything, and people were just bashing him for so that. So he didn't uh, get the verses or the uh, the chapter or no, he book. didn't do anything. Yeah. He, just, he just wrote the scripture, and and people just got mad, and that that's what it would happen, right? If you just read it, guys, literally, I'm just reading Ephesians, and now I'm asking for Detuan to D- define the word define pre- the word predestined. Okay, well, so everything that will happen has already been determined mm. by God. Mm. Okay. Everything. So repeat that again. Sorry. Everything that yeah. will happen has already been determined Ooh. by God. What do you think about that? I think about that is how powerful and great our God is. You know. <laughs> yes. Everything has been predetermined or ordained by God. Right. And 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 that's what I meant. Like, you know, when if God has already determined it, if he has already ordained it, nothing's going to happen without outside of his control, outside of him allowing it. Yeah. And and so, you know, 
how does that work? Well, well, I'm not God, to be honest. And, you know what I'm saying? And, and, but and see, let let's be clear, right? Yeah. Okay. And you know, like when I was when I was struggling with this, like I'm like, okay, what's the Greek? What's what does the Greek word mm. say, right? So um, I'm I don't know how to pronounce the Greek word. I'll just I'll I'll do this so you can was, hear it. Here, yeah. Here. If it'll work. Strong's G forty three oh nine, prarizo, prarizo, All right, so, um, so it means to predetermine or decide beforehand, to foreordain mm-hmm. or to appoint beforehand. So it's not like, it's not like, um, as things are happening, God is building on it as it happens, mm. right? And this goes back to initially what we talked about. Yeah. Um, God has already decided. He's not making new decisions. Yeah, basically. all event has been ordained by God. So whether yeah. the event of your salvation is already decided. Yeah. Now, this is where, now this is where, um, you know, Christians will be like, well, what's the point of sharing the gospel, right? Mm. They go to the extreme of this, like, well, number one, God commands us to. How about that one? Mm-hmm. How about how about you obey God's command? And number two, uh, you don't know who God is going to say. Right. Right. right? And, and so we I'll get, add to that. But we yeah. get to be a part, we get to be a part, part of, of that. Part of that. Yep, exactly. And and we have to understand. God not only ordains the result, which mm-hmm. is who's going to get saved, who's not going to get saved, but God also ordains the means by which he's going to produce that result. Mm-hmm. And that means is us saying the gospel. Yeah. Right? So he, like, for example, God has already, God, God is so much in control that he already knows what we're going to pray about mm-hmm. and how he's going to answer that prayer. But the means by which he's going to fulfill that is also our prayer. He also ordains the means by which he's going to fulfill it. So can we you know? say like, okay, yeah, the means is to share the gospel. And you could you could be a part of that, yeah. right? But if you choose not to, you're not stopping anyone's salvation. No. no because right? And God knows you're not going to. Right, right. right. And so he's, he's not dependent on us. <laughs> he has chosen the means, but he's not dependent on us, right? And that's, you know, the classic uh, passage in Esther. Right. Uh, if you, if Esther, well, if you well, don't let me let me just put it this way too, because because here's the thing: like, how many people do you know that ended up getting saved that you had the opportunity to share the gospel with, but you either chickened out? Mm. You know, we all we all have. Well, I can give you example of two of my best friends mm. in Nepal, right? And 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 I was not the best testimony for them. They knew I was a Christian, but I was living the life the same way they lived. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And there was no room for me to share the gospel in in that manner, mm-hmm. right? And but they knew I was a Christian, and they'd come to church. Uh, they would come to our Christmas party. They they attend the Christmas services and stuff like that. And and you know, even though I didn't share the gospel, I'm so thankful to God that somebody else did. Mm-hmm. And when that somebody else did, they, they 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 remember, you know what? My friend is a Christian, and I've, we've gone to his Christmas services. Oh, this is what Christianity is. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And by God's grace, they're both saved now. Yeah. And so yes, God's plan to save His elect, save His people, 
was not stopped because I didn't share the gospel with my fam with yeah. with my friends. Yeah. You know what I'm saying it was God's plan yeah. even before the foundation of earth. Mm-hmm. And so I missed out on it. Yeah. Right? I missed out on it. I should have been a better testimony. I should have been a good testimony. I missed out on it, but God still fulfilled his plan. Yeah. And I would even say that God fulfilled his time his plan in his perfect time. That was the perfect time for them to Yeah. That was our, his will. Our, you know, yeah. and uh, like us being disobedient, us not following God's command is not going to stop what God has already determined. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Nothing can. If Satan, who is way more powerful than us, mm-hmm. right? If Satan can thwart his plan, who are we? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And read Job. Read Job and see how Satan has all these schemes and it's almost like he's like a dog on a leash. And mm. and he's only allowed to do what God allows him to do. So what's the what's the pushback? What's the other side of predestination? Yes. How do other people yep. define and it? And so 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 that's why I was gonna throw you that curveball, right? Mm. So a lot of people say or mix of predestination with foreknowledge. Mm. Right. And so so okay. what people say is like, oh God knew like for example, God even before the foundation of Earth knew date one what you were gonna choose. Okay. And so He predestined you. Oh. You know what I'm saying? So God already knew that date one in uh, one day, whenever you will hear the gospel, you would choose Him. Uh-huh. You would choose Him, and so He predestined it. So He chose you. Oh. And that's like that's like. And that's. <laughs> He knew that you were going to choose, so he decided. So he chose you. He predestined to, to save you. right? And that, that's where people say that foreknowledge comes before predestination. And, and I'm like, guys, that's not, that's not how it... Like, I'll, I'll, do you want to explain that or do you want me to... No, I'm just, I'm just reading Ephesians 1 and it yeah. just says, He chose us in him before the foul. I, I think the verse they used that one is Romans 8. Was, okay. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined. Right? So he did. Uh, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined. And that's, that's the verse that they use. And, and I'll read the verse. I mean, uh, and we know that for those who love God, uh, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. And and this th- this is implying that God's foreknowledge leads to predestination. And I I I I mean the scripture from the scripture I I believe that God's foreknowledge and predestination works together. Yes, God does know who's going to get saved, who's not going to save. He predestines them to get saved. Obviously, like, he's going to know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's an all-knowing God. Again, this is the reactionary. Um. I guess reactionary approach. It's like um, God is. I don't. I it, maybe they maybe you wouldn't agree with what I'm saying totally, but it, to me it just sounds like God sees what you're going to do, and then He decides what He's going to do. Right. That's what that's what which they're is, saying. Yeah. Which yeah. is the it's opposite. weird, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's it yeah. just sounds weird. Like how like so God's choice for you is dependent on your choice for Him. Mm. And and when did God play inferior to his creation in that level? Mm. You know, he's God. 
And so he, yes, and, and, and I'm not denying God's foreknowledge. He does know. He knows who's going to repent one of the days and, 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 and put their faith. Mm-hmm. And But again, we go back to... He knows Jer- that, but at the same time, he also determines who's going to repent. Yeah. Yeah. But again, it, it goes back... If we go back to Jeremiah, before I formed you. Yeah. So before I even shaped you in the womb, Mm -hmm. I knew knew you. you. Yep. I knew you. Yep. Yep. And And before you were born, I consecrated you. And and I think, uh, Detuan, if we go, if we agree with your definition of predestination, Mm -hmm. then there is no way we can come to this conclusion. Mm -hmm. Right? I think the reason why people have this various other things is because I think the way they define predestination is different from what we define, what we have defined. But well, why would they define? define and that's what I'm trying to. I'm trying to see what how people define predestination. Yeah. Why? Because if predestination is God for ordaining all events, then there is no way that foreknowledge is. Hindrance to it, or for knowledge is is or God's predestination for knowledge is dependent on our choosing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So you, uh, mm. so in a sense, again, I think it's one of those things where it's scary. It is. It's scary. Like, not only is it scary, <laughs> it makes people angry. It does. It does. And and I'll tell you why. For me, this is all important, right? First, it's, it's very comforting. It's very comforting to know that, like, as, as a pastor, as a preacher, as a missionary, to know that I am a messenger mm-hmm. and I am to relay the message and I'm passionate about the gospel. I'm mm-hmm. passionate about taking the gospel to the world. Anyone that is around me, I'm passionate in, in praying for them that God, through the gospel, God would open their hearts and eyes. Uh, and and so so that 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 this has nothing to do with that you know so there's nothing to do with sharing the gospel we are all passionate about it right mm-hmm. but what in in the level it comforts me knowing that god is the one who saves them mm. and that burden does not fall on me yeah uh, that that would be a very big burden to take upon your shoulder we know that burden though don't we what's that before before we before we believed yeah in election yeah we know that burden yeah. like we know sharing the gospel um it's it's encumbered upon me yeah to get this person exactly. saved exactly so i got to be a, i have i have to have a winsome uh appearance yeah. a winsome speech but winsome in the sense of by the world standards right i got to be charismatic i got to be sometimes even compromising the truth mm. right in order to win and uh, oh. if it's dependent on, on your choice then i want to do whatever it takes to to change your choice yeah right to make it attractive yeah so you can choose yeah to make it winsome i think that's the that's that summarizes everything but if it's not if it is god who saves and he has chosen this means to be saved then I want to be faithful to that means. Yeah. And preach the whole counsel of, of the gospel, whole gospel. Even when you think about it though, it's like the gospel message is offensive. Why does it, why would anyone choose what offends to them? To proclaim, yeah. Why would I receive what is offensive? Right. You just told me I'm not good. Yeah. 
I'm a low down, you dirty dog. Them, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, I like this. Yeah, exactly. Let me receive this. Exactly. It's, the, it's the same way. Like um, even in that same passage, it, it, when you read from John six, that whole that whole rundown, everyone's seeking him for the bread, right? Because mm-hmm. he just fed them. But he's but the the once he told them you got to eat my flesh and you got to mm-hmm. drink my blood, they're like, I can't. I this can't. is a hard saying. I That's can't. What it is. This is a hard saying. I can't. Yeah. Right. Like this, in reality, the 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 message that we preach pushes people away. Logically, 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 that would make sense. That nobody would love it. Yeah. Who who's gonna love to be confronted that they are a sinner? Yeah. Right. We want to hear good especially, messages. Especially, yeah, exactly. And so, but it is through that message, the power of God is invested in it, mm-hmm. through which God saves people. And so that's why we go and share the same message, right? Mm-hmm. And that the Paul and Peter shared, that we shared too. And that doesn't mean that there will not be any resistance. Absolutely, there will be. But by God's grace, there will be many that will also come to repentance and saving faith. Yeah. And it is God who's going to do that. Well, and let's 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 try to flip this thing a little bit more because this whole this whole understanding of foreknowledge and this whole other thing, this whole other thing about predestination, and the, and and this is why too I think if you view it in the way uh, that you mentioned where it's like okay God foreknew mm-hmm. uh, He knew that you would choose Him so then He predestined you yeah right. And why we we think this this understanding is wrong? Let's look at a let's look at a couple different other things in in scripture, right? So, what are some things that we know are going to happen that haven't happened yet? That we know that is going to happen that has not happened. When it comes to my Christian life, uh, first thing that that comes to my mind is Romans eight twenty eight and twenty nine, which is that we are going to be like Christ. Mm. We're going to be confirmed to the image of Christ. We're continuously being confirmed. And one day we will get to the point where there will be no more sin, no more. Mm-hmm. We'll reach that perfection. Let's say that. Well, okay. Right? So and that's that's and that that one that one's easy. What's that? That one's yeah, easy, that one, right? That one But but that I, is and the reason why I say that one's easy for yeah. us to ma- wrap our minds around is because we tie that to our salvation. Right. But but uh, the reason why I say that, and not only just salvation, but also our Christian life. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I mentioned that is because for me, when I think about the sovereignty of God in our Christian life, that verse is immensely important. And unless you understand the sovereignty of God, you won't understand that verse, to be honest. Like like, like Romans 8, verse 28 and 25. I'm going to read that. I'd, so, and we know that for those who love God... Uh, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose and for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, right? So when you think about that verse, all things are working together for good. If you don't understand the sovereignty of God, then you'll start to think about like, oh man, like what I'm going through with my health in my sickness or in trials, mm-hmm. how is this good? Mm-hmm. When you understand the sovereignty of God, None of it is happening without a reason. Mm-hmm. All of it is happening for a purpose, for a reason. Mm-hmm. And all things are working together for good. And what is that good? Verse 29, confirming to the image of son. Through our trials, through our even sickness sometimes, mm-hmm. God makes us more like Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. So understanding the sovereignty of God helps me to understand that 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 what I'm going through. What we're going through. And and what is the purpose behind it? Yeah. And and it helps me to it comforts 
right? It helps us to have the right, like you know, like have the right vision in front of us, mm-hmm. and and it, it again it leads us to glorifying God. Yeah. And right after that verse is for those whom he called, he also predestined. For those whom he predestined, he also justified. For those whom he justified, he also glorified. Okay. And that's also another promise that we are going to be glorified one day. Yeah. I, it, and I think even too, like we don't have a hard time grasping that. Because once we once we come to Christ, it's like it's just that it's just that window, right? Mm-hmm. Like we get before we come to Christ. Um, it's like God's working, God's working. And then we get there, and then we make the choice, and then and we have that point. Mm-hmm. And then from, and obviously there are some who think you can lose your salvation. That's yeah. a whole nother. Yeah, that's a whole nother. That's an ep- that's an episode. That's a whole nother <laughs> episode. But then it's like, okay, I made the choice. That was my choice. But then after that, then God again starts working, and mm. and doing these things. Yeah. On, on, on our behalf and we know like God is it's according so, to God. Yeah. So we it's That's this interesting. small yeah. so God it's is, this small window where Yeah, God is sovereign. I mean? God is sovereign before and after, mm-hmm. but there's that in the but middle not, there's that one decision that he's not sovereign over. Right. Yeah. So we have that view, but but I think like in terms of this predestination in terms of God deciding beforehand what's going to happen. What's interesting to me um that goes along with this sovereignty is just the whole idea of everything else, right? Like if we look at this, when, when scripture says every knee will bow. bow and every tongue confess. Yeah. Right. That he is Lord. This is predestination. Mm. Yeah. It's been decided. It's going to happen. It's going yeah. to happen. God has decided beforehand this is going to happen. Mm. Right? Yeah. We don't have our we don't we don't we don't then turn around and say, well, because Depends God knew that they were going to bow down <laughs> on one knee. Yeah, that's why God predestined. Then he decided yeah. to predestine this to everyone. Yeah. Why do we understand predestination correctly in that aspect? Yeah. Okay, how about this one? Christ dying on the cross. Yeah. Right? Like, it's been decided beforehand. Ordained, it's, yeah. It, like, it's it's not like, okay, the Sanhedrin um, decided to, to grab him. Oh, okay, now we're going to, because they made this decision yeah. to crucify him, now God's predestined us yeah. to have salvation available to us. Yeah. Why do we understand predestination correctly in that aspect? Yeah. What about um, um, Judas? The man, the Bible calls him the man of perdition, mm. right? Yeah. He was determined beforehand to betray Jesus. Yeah. Right? Why do we understand this aspect of predestination? Yeah. We don't, we don't, no one really says Judas betrayed Jesus, or maybe some do, but no one really says, or at least I've never heard that Judas wasn't predestined for that. Yeah. And, and that's where, that's where, you know, God, I, I, and that's that's what I feel like. I feel like 
again going back to the reason why there is so much skeptic there to is because i feel like we have no problem understanding that god can intervene in history to fulfill his plan god can intervene the events to fulfill his plan but god cannot intervene in my life yeah that is where i think a lot of lot of god can pushback s- god can stop the sun in the sky mm-hmm. so that they can keep fighting to destroy the enemies but when it comes to that salvation choice, <laughs> right but, but he cannot he cannot he, he cannot powerless. exactly god can speak and things come to exist but he cannot change my heart come on now <laughs> you know what i'm saying but he cannot like pour his grace elective grace and call me to repentance and faith effectively and i think oh, come like, on now you know i know there that there are some who are genuinely struggling with this but i think there are some who just just boldly reject it and i think you i just think you need to check yourself yeah you know because if if we can if we can receive that cross the 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 cross if we can receive christ coming to die and that was predetermined yeah right that was god deciding and nothing was going to sway that nothing was going to change that nothing that man did mm-hmm. was going to stop that and we can receive that. We can see, receive every knee bowing, every tongue confessing. We can receive um, the the Judas betraying Jesus. We can receive uh, Christ returning and then destroying the, his enemies. It's already determined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's predestined to happen. Why can't we receive? Why can't we the true and, 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 definition of these terms? In so our is it own is life? it unfair for God to choose some and God to not choose some? Well, let me read something. What shall we say then? Is there injustice on God's part? By no means, for He says to Moses, "I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I'll have compassion on whom I have compassion." Mm-hmm. So then, it depends not on human will or exertion, ooh, but on God. Who has mercy? I mean, yeah, I, just I, skip I, over that. <laughs> <laughs> right? For the scripture says to Pharaoh, for this very purpose I've raised you up. Mm-hmm. And you're giving the example of Judas Iscariot. Here's the example of Pharaoh. For this very purpose I've raised you up, that I might sow my power in you, that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth, so then he has mercy on whomever he wills. And I think a lot of people are fine with this, but they look at the next one, and he hardens whomever he wills. Mm. Ooh. I mean, verse 22. Or, I mean, I'll, I'll keep going. You'll say to me, then, why does he still <laughs> find fault? And that's the question. Yeah. That's the question. When we, when we, if we truly understand what predestination is, the natural response of man then is to say, then why am I being punished? If you made yeah. me this way, then why are you upset? Yeah, why am I being punished for this, right? If I have no uh, chance or choice to turn away. And I think this is what, and I think this is what really also upsets Christians. It does. You know, it really upsets them. Yeah, it does, right? Especially when it's your family or friends involved. That's the, the I side. mean that yeah, it, that's it the reality of yeah, it, right? It is. That's the reality. If if this is the case. Yeah. If this is the case that the God that I serve is not saving some of the people that I love. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. They're and that's a good. hard thing. That's a hard thing to swallow and we just have to be submitted to the word of God and say and come out of our pride and be humble and say right. God you know best exactly you know best god and and all we can do at that point is to 
continue boldly sharing the gospel yeah. and praying for them. Yeah, of course. Right? And submitting to his will. Absolutely. And so, so let me continue. You'll say to me, then why does he still find fault for who can resist his will? It's almost I like, like and we've talked about this too. Paul always is aware of what kind of questions he'll get, right? And he addresses it right before even his readers try to like you know come at him. And and I, yeah. and, and it's and this part is so funny to me because I I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I wish Paul really answered it in a way that I wanted him. You to wanted to answer it, yeah, and he doesn't. No. What does no. he say? He says, but who are you, O man, to answer back to God? You know? <laughs> and, that, and that's why I, I, I... That's what we should start saying Exactly. No, exactly. No, and this is why I, I, don't, I don't know if you remember yesterday yeah. is in my message, I put that term and, and for the... After reading Romans 9, because, you know, it's like there's no way in the Bible that gives us the reasoning on why mm-hmm. God chose Abraham, mm-hmm. right? But other than that, it was his divine will. Mm. And that's why I put the next thing, which needs no explaining or no justifying. Mm-hmm. It is his divine mm-hmm. will. It doesn't need explanation or justification right. at that point. And that's what, that's what I think Paul is trying to say is like, but who are you meant to answer back to God? Will what is molded say to its molder, why have you made me like this? Mm-hmm. Right? Has the potter not right, no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for honorable use and oh, another nice. for dishonorable use. Yeah. yeah. What if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath, prepared for destruction in order to make known the prepare, riches of his glory? Prepare for prepare. destruction. That yep. is predestination. Ooh, double predestination. <laughs> I mean I listen, I used to I used to deny it. I don't think I can anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I used to deny it. I even when I understood predestination, I was like, oh no, 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 we are Yeah, let's not get there. But <laughs> known the riches of the glory of the vessels of mercy which he has prepared beforehand for glory. Even us whom he has called, not for the Jews only, but also from the Gentiles. And the reason why I kept on reading till verse 24 is a lot of people will look at Romans 9 and say, Oh, this is just for the Israel. Well, Right there, not from the Jews only, but also from the Gentiles. Mm. Does not look like it's only for Israel, does it? No. Right? It's for everyone. Everyone. And and even if it was just for the Israel, the principle of it, you can make the same case then. Why was God unfair to Israel then? If you say like now, if, if God is unfair to us for choosing some and not choosing some, then was God unfair to Israel then? Mm. For choosing some from Israel and not choosing some from Israel? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So no, it's not just for Israel. And, and, and honestly, my belief is that true <laughs> Israel today is the church. Uh, now, now people can have different views about it. That's totally fine. I believe that, that the true Israel is, 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 is the church. And, and because we are all children of Abraham in Christ. And, and through faith, spiritual children. And so, and can God do that? Absolutely. He can make children of Abraham out of rocks, like John the Baptist said, mm-hmm. right? And so even that is is unfathomable, but God can do that. Yeah. But God cannot intervene in our life and in our will? Uh, not really. <laughs> he can. Absolutely can. He absolutely does. And that is the good news, actually. And I don't want to look at it as like a bad news. It's actually good news that God does that because if he didn't do that, like we talked about throughout this podcast, none of us would have in our own will repented of our sins and put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, Mm. right? And that's why 
for me when i think about predestination when i think about sovereignty of god and my salvation it just leads me to glorify him it just leads me to worship it's humbling isn't it it is very humbling while pride is what keeps us away from understanding it understanding the sovereignty of god automatically should lead us to a life of humility hmm. right and that that is how it affects my christian life yeah. is, is there because, is no boasting because you grasp this thought like dang god could have not chose me like if I didn't choose, like it, it wasn't me who chose him. No. So I'm, I'm, I'm in this thing. Yeah. Not because of me. Yeah. But solely because of him, and that is humbling. That is humbling, and 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 you know I'm gonna share a little bit about mine, like how how God, like, in a country with in 1990s where 0.02 percent were Christians, out of everyone, right? God ordained events in such a manner. That the gospel came to our life and 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 God saved us mm-hmm. through that, right? I mean, like like I remember the missionary who brought the gospel to our family. He told us like he did not want to come to Nepal. Mm-hmm. He was a missionary to Taiwan. There was someone else who was coming to Nepal, and he kept on asking him to come to Nepal, come to Nepal, come to Nepal. And he did not want to come. Mm-hmm. His and he made all kinds of excuses. It ended up being that the other guy who was inviting him got a free ticket out of his miles or something. And so he was like, "Hey, I got a free ticket now, so you don't have you don't have to you don't have any excuses now. You have to right. come." So he forcefully came, mm. came to Nepal. They had booked a hotel. The hotel is overbooked, so they're out in the street looking for a hotel. Mm. And that's when they met my dad, who owns a hotel, mm-hmm. and my dad is the one who offered the uh, rooms for them, and they offered the gospel to him, right? And so imagine all these events taking place, yeah. all these events taking place. It's not without. It's not coincidence. It's not luck, yeah. right? It is a sovereign plan of God. I, I remember him telling me, like, he, he met my dad. He went back to Taiwan, and he told his wife, like, hey, I want to I go back. I want to go to Nepal as missionary. And the wife did not want to go to Nepal. Like, she was, she was comfortable in Taiwan. She's so like, I don't want to go to Nepal. Taiwan had a big earthquake. Mm. Earthquake where, like, you know, they were up and down. Mm. And that night is when his wife, Karen, was like, listen, I feel like God, like I can see God's burdening me to go to Nepal now with this. Mm-hmm. This is this is the sign for yeah. her. This is like let's go to Nepal. Yeah. After that, all of those events were not coincidences. Neither were luck. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was God's foreordained sovereign plan to save us and and, and many other people. Yeah. But 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 when I think about that, man, like this is this is how can I didn't choose God. You know, and, and if if God had not ordained all those events to happen in that perfect time in perfect according to his purpose, then you know, we would have been just happy living as a Hindu until now. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying we would be miserable, we would be happy, but yeah. we would not have the same assurance of eternity and 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 the and the joy of having relationship with God that we have now. Yeah. And so, you know, and and th- yeah, and you know my my story might be a little bit more like dramatic because it's from Nepal and you know it's a little different. But all of you guys, if you're listening, if you're saved, God also foreordained your salvation the way it happened. Mm-hmm. You know, from the person that brought the gospel to you, from you going to church, whatever it was, whether it be camp, you know what I'm saying, whether it be even even that one time where you repeated the prayer, you know, mm-hmm. whatever way whatever means whatever people that got placed it there he chose you 
He chose you because unless until unless <laughs> he did that, there is no way you would have done. You would have fulfilled your responsibility of repenting and and putting your faith. Absolutely. And that's where that's where that's where I think the sovereignty of God is such a great, magnificent doctrine, such a comforting doctrine, and 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 we give him the glory. I think the response to that is is giving him the glory. Yeah. Right. What like for uh, what do you? How does like let me ask you how does sovereignty understanding the sovereignty of God not only our salvation but in everything how does that help you respond to God and how does that help you in your in your daily life? Um, Whether it be like as a father, yeah, as a yeah. believer, as a husband, as a, as a youth leader. Yeah, I think. Um, when I think about the sovereignty of God in my life, um, it reminds me how I'm not alone. Mm. Um, it reminds me of his love for me, right? Because when things are hard or when I make bad choices or bad decisions, um, th- he then is able to take this thing that, you know, wasn't good and make it mm. good. Um, but it also, this, this, this idea of fear, right? Cause we wrestle with fear so much. Um, and I, you know, there are certain aspects where I, where I struggle with fear, but it, it helps me to overcome that fear, whether it, it be sharing the gospel with certain people or, uh, thinking about the the plan that God not only has for me, but for my family Mm. and the people that's around me. Um, And, and I can just rest in that. Like, you know, the sovereignty also brings me a a lot of rest Mm. Um, because I, you know, like I, I I told you, we know that weight of trying to share the gospel. We know the, we know the weight of uh, having that viewpoint where we think God is just, God sent Jesus to die on the cross. The gospel is now here. And then, the only amount of people that's going to be saved is 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 based upon how faithful we are mm. to sharing the gospel, how faithful we are to being a good example. Um, not to say we shouldn't share the gospel because yeah. we we should. Not to say that we shouldn't be a good example because we should be mm-hmm. uh, live holy. Yeah. Um, but but knowing that ultimately God is going to accomplish His plan and. Um, I just need to, as, as much as I can, be faithful in in, in obedience to mm-hmm. what He's called me to do. Not out of like this fear, but out of love for Him. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. And and if you didn't have that, imagine that burden, especially as a father. Oh yeah. I mean, for your children. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That, I'll be I'll be I'll be real with you. I'll yeah. be real with you. One of the one of the the, the biggest when I think about this. Um, that brings me comfort, and I and I've struggled with this when my when my dad was on his deathbed. Yeah, and I've had many conversations with my dad about the gospel, and he would say that he believed and he trusted in Christ, and um, um, his last few hours when I went to go see him. Um. I could barely talk to him. Mm. Yeah. Right. I could barely talk to him. And when he, 
Um, I still remember the, the things that we said, but it wasn't, I didn't share the gospel with him. Um, I was, I could barely talk to him. And when he died, I remember having, you know, even now, even now I have this, this, this thought of like, what if he wasn't saved? Mm. Right. Um, but I also know, I also take comfort in the fact, because I've shared, like I have, you know, we've had those talks before, but I also take comfort in, in knowing that if he really was, he's in heaven. Absolutely. It's not like because I was unable to talk, unable to, to, to speak with him, that I was the last person to be able to present the gospel to him to determine whether he would be saved yeah. or not. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So and exactly. It is it is comforting. It is very, very comforting thing and, and, and it leads us to a total dependence upon him. And so yeah, so so you know, we kinda addressed on if God is sovereign, should we preach the gospel or not? Right. Obviously that's a yes. Did. Yes, that's a yes. Because God is sovereign, we should preach the gospel. That's what I would put it. Mm. Right. And if God was not sovereign, then man, like they, it would be a whole different thing. Then yeah. just preach the gospel. It would be like, what are we preaching then? Yeah. At that point, because if it's dependent on people's choice, then let's, we can we can do uh, everything with it. But because God is sovereign, we should preach the gospel to everyone, uh, knowing that you know, not everyone will be saved. Knowing that they will be resistant, knowing that people will mock you, tease you, so you'll suffer. It is all by God's design too. It is in His sovereign plan too. But also knowing that there will be some that God will bring to repentance and faith, right? So faithfully preach. Next time, when we, uh, say again, continue on, okay. Oh, next time when we come back, we'll kind of continue on the same topic and we'll look at if God is sovereign, why pray, mm. right? So if God is sovereign and he knows everything and He has already ordained the events, then why do we pray for those events? Tune in next next week and we will talk about that all right peace